Hey everybody, this is Adam Helfman from Hire It Done. Welcome to today's podcast. It's called Contractor Therapy. And this podcast is all about the homeowner from hell, the contractor from hell. And I'm just here to share some stories with you about the home improvement business with some anecdotes, meaning what, how do you avoid it in the future? So uh, joining me on today's podcast is Roberto Beauchene. Right now. How you doing, Roberto? Hanging in there, hanging in there. And of course, Paul Sarah. How's it going, guys? Oh, we're hanging in there. So today's topic is to sue or not to sue. Now, everybody knows somebody. Well, I guess it depends on her last name, though, right? Yeah, that's true, right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, you never thought of that one. But, uh, but anyways, my point is, everybody knows somebody who's gotten into a beef with a contractor or has sued a homeowner, if you're a contractor, or a homeowner sued a contractor. It's crazy out there. And we live in a litigious society. I mean, I was raised in the business of home improvement. My dad always told me, and I'm a fourth-generation contractor. My dad always told me, do your best every day. Figure out the solution to any problems. But there's always comes a time where the homeowner's crazy, and they just don't understand. And they, they hire an attorney who then says, oh, we're going to take care of this. And they give them this false idea that you're going to get everything. And yeah. then there's also a contractor who gets a crazy homeowner and doesn't want to sue, wants to do a good job, but you have no choice. And both... In your career and your father's career, who's had the most legal, you know, things going on in terms of like. (laughs) No, it's interesting. My dad, when I grew up and I remember as a kid, never having talk attorneys. In fact, although my dad begged me to go to law school. Yeah. Isn't that funny? He said, you know, I have a degree from Michigan State, construction management, all that stuff. He said, son, go to law school. I'm like, I'm dad, we're builders. What are you talking? You crazy? (laughs) Law school. That's stupid. Now looking back, yeah, he's like the smartest guy I ever met. Yeah, right. And I remember as a kid, one lawsuit. There was mm. this guy who uh, ended up suing my uh, dad's company, which was my company at the time, and it ended up being a sham. We ended up winning, but the guy signed the contract for us to build an addition under a fake name. Now, you know, you don't ask, "Can I see your ID?" when you sign a contract to mm-hmm. re- build a room addition. The guy used a fake name. The guy was an attorney, and then when, my, when everything broke down and became a lawsuit, the guy who sued my dad, the attorney, was the homeowner oh, in a wow. different name. We didn't find this out till they showed up at court. Now, ended up, we ended up prevailing. However, my dad told me, and I remember this, the attorney bills were more than the contract, and the contract was like 100-some thousand. Think about that. Just to defend and win cost us like a couple hundred grand. So my dad goes, see, this is why... You never win in a lawsuit mm. and do everything in your power to be solution minded. That's why when we um, pre-screen contractors in the hire it done business, we look for contractors that look to solve the problem because you got to be solution minded. But in a lawsuit, it's crazy because you're paying the attorneys, you're paying the other person's attorneys. It's a nut job type of case. So to sue or not to sue, oh my God, you really, really should go into any contract with a homeowner or a homeowner going with a contractor with everything as much written as possible without trying to uh, sue. Right. That's literally how you got to be. So anyways, let me, that reminds me of a story that uh, I have. I was a contractor and we were building a room addition. Okay. And when you build a room addition in home improvement, let me just say this. You're building off of a house that's already there. So when they built that house in the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, even the 60s, 70s, 80s, although building stuff has, you know, trends have changed, 
you have to make, uh, you build the plans to the plans, but you also have to make changes midstream. So we were building a room addition with a house with a basement, and we built uh, the room addition off the back. The existing house did not have a sill plate. Now, a sill plate is what's at the top of the, ba the basement wall. And I'll give you the quick story. So when we framed it, we put the footings right to the existing foundation wall. When there's no sill plate, when you frame, you either frame it with a sill plate or you frame it without a sill plate to match the levels. My project manager decided no sill plate. Now the plans called for a sill plate. Does that mean we scan the homeowner? No, you do it on site. Now, is it not code to have a sill plate? Not, not, not exactly. What we did was we, we adjusted. And the reason why we didn't put a sill plate because the existing house didn't have a sill plate. Long story short, that made it so the floors were level. No problem. Well, we never even got to that point. There was a flood, a uh, major rainstorm, and the basement flooded in that homeowner's house. <laughs> they called me on a Wednesday or a Thursday. Friday morning, we were out there extracting the flood, drying it out, helping the homeowner out. No problem. Now, they, this is their basement. They were living in the upstairs part of the house. It was construction. Like, That's what happens. But they called us, and we immediately took care of it. Monday morning, we called the homeowner to say, hey, we're there to move the thing. They said, stop the job. What's wrong? Well, over the weekend, we decided to move out. We talked to an attorney, and the attorney advised us to move out. Okay, why did you move out? Well, we felt it was unsafe conditions. Well, we already extracted the water. We mitigated them. You should have not moved out. Not according to our attorney. Okay, we'll send your attorney's number. We talked to the attorney. He's like, we'll hold off on everything. We'll get back with you. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, what the hell is this? A week goes by. Now, I'm getting a little nervous. No one else cares. The employees in my business, they're like, oh, well, they just told us to hold off for a week. I'm like, no. Right. The attorney sends a letter saying they've moved out and they expect us to, one, pay for their living expenses, two, pay for the moving expenses, pay them per diem, and pay damages. So, the, now remember the contract was 100000 This homeowner said they want 150000 right away for moving out. <laughs> so all the red flags are coming so up. So they wanted more? Oh, yeah, yeah, pigs. They were from complete pigs. <laughs> <laughs> so... This is, I was in my late 20s, and I called my attorney. My attorney's like, yeah, this is a setup, Adam. Be careful. So I immediately called everyone. We started getting all our information together, and here's what happened. The homeowners are like, well, we don't feel safe living in the house because of the flood. I'm like, what do you mean? So then they stopped the job. Then they called the building inspector out, and then all of a sudden, he started writing lists of things. Oh, there's mold. Right, right, right. There's no f***ing mold. <laughs> The building is not safe. Might have to tear it all down. Long story short, we get into a lawsuit with this homeowner. Okay? Homeowner completely scammed us. She happens to have a degree in microbiology. And one of the things that came out during the case was mold. That we put mold spores in their basement. And the mold that they did testing on is spores that are not prevalent to Michigan. Okay? So they created this whole scam. They got oh. busted, basically. Right? Wow. They asked, then we find out, you know, here's, let me just make a long story short. They sued me for $2.5 at the time, end of it. My attorney and my insurance company attorney 
My insurance company said, oh, we'll defend you. I wasn't sure of trusting my insurance company. So I hired another attorney. Mm-hmm. Double. F- these homeowners, right? 300000 out of my pocket in legal bills. We go to court. And we're crushing them. Crushing them. In this, on the, on the, and it's a jury trial. And my insurance company said to me, listen, even though you're not paying anything, Adam, I'm still paying my other attorney, by the way. My insurance company says we have the right to settle anytime. I'm like, okay, fine. Didn't think anything of it. In the middle of the case, their, insur- their, their attorney keeps going to my insurance company, to let's settle, let's settle, let's settle. Behind my back, my insurance company settled with the homeowner for $150,000. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not settling. And my other attorney's like, listen, if they're going to pay it, why do you care? It's their, yeah, it's the insurance company. I'm like, this is principal. This this homeowner scam. <laughs> oh no! So my insurance, my attorney convinces me to settle, hundred fifty thousand to the homeowners, um, and that's it. And then identify they get the house as is, and their attorney and them do their own thing. I'm fighting not to do this. Finally, my dad says, Adam, let them settle. It's a lesson learned. This is where the the uh, the even the building inspector me a little bit. So. I'm, I'm raging mad at everyone because I didn't do anything wrong. We, we actually did this. So my, insur- my attorney says, let's just settle. We go to court, settle it. They dismiss the jury. My insurance company says, that's the way it's going to be. I'm like, this. My other attorney says, hey, Adam, let's go ask permission to talk to the jury. I'm like, great idea. So we go to the judge, settle, judge sends insurance and dismisses the jury, but says to the jury pool, Hey, would you guys mind meeting with Adam as attorney? They have questions for you guys. Sure. I'm thinking, you know, I want to, so my, my attorney comes in with me to the jury and says, all right, jurors, thank you very much for your doing your civic duty. Um, Adam's with me. This has been really rough for Adam. They've been suing him. Can we ask you a few questions? Sure. Show a hands. Does anyone think Adam's guilty? Nobody raised their hand. Mm. I looked at the attorney. See, I knew it. He goes, <laughs> to which two of them raised their hands? Like, I think uh, he did it. <laughs> no, no. So then he says to them, was anybody going to give the homeowner money as a settlement? And two people said yes. And so he goes, well, how, why do you say that? Well, they're asking for two and a half million. We know that's ridiculous. My attorney goes, you're right. How much money would you give? One goes, I don't know, 500000 The other one goes, I was thinking a million. Wow. So, you're, so he says, wait a minute. You're thinking to give the homeowner a million even though you think Adam's innocent. Right. Well, we knew because, yeah, he's innocent, but look at the poor homeowner. They moved out. They got bad advice. Why should Adam pay it? Well, we don't think Adam was going to pay it. We thought their insurance company was going to pay it. So what's the big deal? So my... Um, my attorney looks at me and goes, see, Adam, you just don't know what a, what a jury's thinking. You could have gotten a $500,000 judgment against you. It would have been public record. And anybody hiring you in the future would be like, oh, yeah, there's on record that you got a $500,000 jury settlement. Right. So think about that bullet you dodged. Now, and at that point, I'm just freaking out. I didn't know you could talk to a jury. Like yeah. If you were I know. That's after, the first I've ever heard after that. After the settlement. He got permission from the judge right. for us to ask the jury questions. And the people who um, didn't want to stay didn't have to. They all stayed. So that's a lesson learned mm. on my part. 
Support for Contractor Therapy comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home today is so much more than it was yesterday, but at Rocket Mortgage, home is still all about you. During these challenging times we're all experiencing, the top priority at Rocket Mortgage is the health and safety of the communities they serve. And while things are changing quickly every day, one thing that will never change is their team's commitment to giving you the best mortgage experience possible. That's why, if you need mortgage support, their team of experts is there to answer questions and offer solutions. They understand that hardships happen, and they're here to help. Whether that means working with you to save money on your mortgage or finding a new way to navigate payments, if you have questions, the team at Rocket Mortgage has answers. They know how important your home is to you because you are important to them. If you need mortgage assistance, the home loan experts at Rocket Mortgage are available to help 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. From their home to yours, the team at Rocket Mortgage is with you. Visit rocketmortgage.com forward slash contractor therapy to learn more. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. So in, in, in that this business, you mentioned like building inspectors and stuff like that. How much like are grudges and beefs and that thing? We're like, you know, building inspectors and guys are just looking to get, get over on you or not be honest or. Well, that's the thing. I mean. It's a power play with with inspectors, and what we found out with this inspector, and he was a complete freaking douchebag. <laughs> like I hope the guy dies. Okay, Jesus. here's what he did. Here's what we found out. This is what a scam this ended up being. Okay, did I did I just say that I hope the inspector dies? Yeah, you don't want to so say that. Is that well? Wait a minute. Maybe that's, it's that's because a, that's an edit. no, no, keep it in there. I no, want you to I'll keep, keep it, in it in there. You can keep it in there. Here's the thing. This guy was a scumbag, and here's why. We found out that um, he was paid by the homeowner. He was paid by the homeowner before they bought the house three years earlier to do an inspection of the house by the city. And in that inspection, we got a copy of. He wrote, water damage in the basement, signs of mold. So when we showed the jury that this inspector wrote this and right. said, hey, did you write this? Yeah. Yeah. Was that three years before Fairway was even hired? And by the way, Fairway was the name of my family business. Was that three years before they were hired? Yeah. So you said signs of mold and signs of water damage in the basement. <laughs> what is that? So then we went to the homeowner. Hey, did you ever hire this building inspector ahead of time? No, never hired him. Don't know him. Really? Ah, oh. you've lived in the house three, four years. Well, here's Come a on. here's an inspection by the city of Southfield. <laughs> here's the name of the inspector. That's the same guy that's sitting here today. <laughs> Did you know that? Oh, oh I forgot. Yeah. yeah. I forgot. Okay. So for the jury, you're suing two point three million dollars. It says signs of mold, and your major claim in your case is mold. Yeah. You're bio. You're, you have a degree in biosciences, Mrs. Homeowner. Did you order mold spores as a sample or a, or a treatment or a test or anything for schoolwork or anything in the last year? Yeah. Do you, did you order any spores that match this? Well, that's just coincidence. <laughs> man. See? See, this is what happens when you have a good attorney. Now, right. during deposition, it's $5,000 for one deposition a day. I had to depose seven, eight people. Jeez. My deposition bills were like forty, fifty thousand. So imagine me going to court. It's a year after this, right? We're in court. I have so much anger and rage in me that I didn't even care. <laughs> right. This is why to sue or not to sue. You never. You should avoid litigation at all costs because nobody wins. Right. Maybe you could say and make an argument that the attorneys win. Right. Like, 
this f-ing homeowner, like I have anger right now. You can tell. <laughs> yeah. Like slowly, I turn inch by inch. It's terrible. It's just terrible. Is that the most ridiculous lawsuit you've ever been involved with? Yes. And it it, it validated what my dad told me. Go to law school. I didn't. Made a mistake. But now I know why he was thinking that because. Even when you go into a project with the best of intentions, even when um, you're not there, you can get a homeowner that gets wrong advice from a head attorney that says, oh, I'll take care of this. Now, let's fast forward five, six years later. My attorney calls me. Hey, Adam, you won't believe this. What? I got a call from the attorney who was representing the homeowners in that lawsuit. I'm like, yeah, what about it? He goes, he's suing the homeowner. Why? They had a side deal that whatever money they got from you, they were going to split three ways. Come on. Hold on. Yeah, this is, this is how crazy it gets. They tore their house down and split the property into three <laughs> lots. And that the money was going to be made. They were going to build three homes. And they were going to become partners. And they had another builder. Well, the homeowner decided that, that it wasn't the best deal. And they're now suing each other because of that. So... Oops, because of that. So now we know that they scammed in this. I go, can I sue them now? He goes, I was thinking about that. He goes, but you signed a disclosure, not disclosure, privacy clause in that contract, in the settlement, because right. you didn't want it to get out also for them suing you. I said, well, that is negated if there's fraud involved. He goes, yeah, it is negated. He goes, you can open it back up and sue everyone for fraud if you want and see what happens. <laughs> I go, okay, well, how much is that going to cost me? He goes, probably 50 to 100 grand. Ugh. I'm like, oh, if I was only rich yeah. now, then I'd go after them because I would like to stick it in their <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I want to do. But that's Adam the Anger. And that's why they call this podcast Contractor Therapy because yeah, I'm so angry. <laughs> I'm like mad. But I don't have 50 grand sitting around to write a check to this to go after these people. So to sue or not to sue. My advice is, after being through this a million times, never sue. Do everything in your power to settle the case. And as much anger as I have and much therapy that I've been through because of that case, that case actually put me in therapy. But for anyone out there listening, you get mad. You're on emotion. You do, totally want to do everything in your power to sue. To not sue, I mean, excuse yeah. me. Do everything in your power not to sue. Because what happens is you're going to spend all this money paying an attorney. You're going to spend all this money for the attorney to fight their attorney. And you go back and forth, back and forth. And what happens is you go to court and they, and or even arbitration. They look at it and they say, okay, it's a hundred grand. Let's meet in the middle. Give them fifty. Right. That's why attorneys who are suing the builder go for how much was the bill? Oh, it was a fifty thousand dollar contract, ten thousand, whatever it was. They triple, quadruple, and they throw everything against the wall, hoping whatever sticks, then you'll get money. But at the same time, you're not. It's an illusion. Nothing against attorneys because they're necessary. But it's an illusion. Now, what about for the homeowner who hires somebody to, you know, um, review a contract or something? Or? No, that they, they say so you hire a contractor to put in a new tub and because you got some mold in the, you know, the bottom of it or something like that. The guy, you know, doesn't do the job correctly. It's taking way too long. Right. It's, so you know, that what, goes back it, to... when you're left without options, what do you do? Well, that's the thing. So it's important. This is why HireDone exists, really, HireDone.com, because it's important to learn what to put in a contract. Because by the time, let's say you hired, let's use your example. You hired a guy to replace your tub. The tub was leaking. There could be mold. He puts the new tub in. He says, oh, it takes two, three days. 10, 15 days later, the tub's still not in. 
Because well, yeah, what, what, in this, this is a true story. In this case, what had happened was there was so much mold or whatever that the, it was an upstairs bathroom. So now it's, now it's coming where they have to put a hole in the ceiling, ceiling of, the, of the living room. And now it's getting, was way out of proportion. You know, it's just right. getting crazier by the day. So advice for that homeowner. First of all, if there's extra damage from a leaky pipe or mold, the insurance company will pay for the resulting damage. They won't pay for the repair. But they'll pay for the ripping the ceiling out, cleaning up the mold, and then they'll pay for the new ceiling and new paint. They won't pay for the new. They won't pay for the fixing of the piping, or the leak, right? Or the new tub. So you have to hire someone to do that. But the insurance company will pay for the rest. Now, with that being said, the key to all of this in any home improvement project, and this for anyone listening right now, and you always hear it, get everything in writing, right? Okay. So what you need to do is assume that the contractor knows what he's doing, because you want to get a good contractor, but you just say to him, listen, Mr. Condor, can you write everything that you're doing? Rip out existing tub. Replace existing tub. Clean up the mold. Clean up the debris. Right. Um, install new plumbing. Install new drain, right? All this needs to be in, in writing. So homeowners, you've got to get everything writing. But here's what you're, the extra. What about anti- you know, anticipatory things where it's, well, ma'am, you know, upon further, you know, ripping out of this or whatever, we've noticed that this is now a problem, and then we got to, you. you know, that is get important. into that. Well, that's where the extra experienced contractor comes in. So what I always tell homeowners is get everything in writing, like, and, ha- and have them tell, have the contractor tell it to you like a story, a beginning, a middle, and an end. And the end is, how does the job end? And then also say to him, once he does that, say to him, Mr. Contractor, according to Hired Dunn or Adam Helfman or whatever you want to say, what else is not included in this? So you can say to the contractor, tell me what's not included because it will force the contractor to think. And what I mean by that is, here's what could not be included in that, ba- that, that tub. The existing tub, the contractor is there looking at an existing tub. He doesn't, he doesn't have x-ray vision. So what could not be included is rotted wood below the tub when he rips it out. Right. Mold when he rips it out. Um, drywall, how far do you rip it out to make sure? What's the cost of all that? So as a homeowner, you need to know, okay, what's not included? How about the fact that the guy tears everything out, makes a debris pile at the end of your driveway, puts the tub there, the, re- the broken tile, and just leaves it in a pile at the end of the driveway? Because what he didn't include was removal of the construction debris. He says clean up pile, construction debris right. and put it. He didn't put it. He's going to put it in a pile. He's well, not yeah. telling you that. But think about that. Yeah, that's, the, the wording of it is very important. Clean up, I would be like, all right, well, I just assume that's, that sounds good, but removal is even better. So maybe it's a dumpster at the end of the driveway. Maybe it's not. You have to have that in writing. And by the way, my friends, a good contractor, one that's solution-minded, will, will say to you, yeah, we're going to clean up and haul away all debris resulting from this project. Right. If you not have the word haul away in it, you could be stuck by having it sit there. And that was many times in the past, homeowners like, hey, Adam, I didn't use your guy. He was $1,500 more. Okay, I'm sorry, but you what happened? Well, the other guy <laughs> was fifteen hundred less, but then I had to hire a dumpster to, to haul away the debris. Right. I had to hire this and that. Next thing you know, I'm three, four thousand higher than your guy. So that's why it's so important to understand that you need everything in writing, to sue or not to sue. Now, one other thing, people have asked me in the past, should I have my attorney read the contract that the the homeowners or the contractor's giving me? And I'm like, okay, well, here's what happens when that happens. One, the attorney's going to charge you $150, $300, whatever. Maybe he's going to do us a favor. But at the same time, he's not going to say everything's perfect. 
He's going to say, right. well, did you know you're giving up your rights by this? And he's going to scare you. A lot of times he'll scare you out of doing the job. Again, it comes back to finding the right contractor. And a lot of contractors come to me, hey, Adam, what do you do with this homeowner? Should I sue this homeowner? I've had homeowners call me and say, hey, the contractor did a great job, but it took three more weeks than he said. Really? Should I deduct from the price? And I'm thinking to myself, okay, before you deduct from the price, let's explore why it took three weeks. Because I'm sure there's, of the excuses that the contractor gives you, a couple of them are valid. Maybe there's a few where my guy didn't show up today or I have a special truck that delivers granite. We has nothing that they're, they're understaffed and are doing other projects as well, right? Well, th there's a lot of reasons why it's his fault, bad management, but then there's a reason why it's legit. Or, you know, you picked out a granite that was a special order and he had to wait a week because your granite didn't come in. So that week ends up making a domino effect. Right. And now all of a sudden the job's longer. Or it's like, hey, he delivered the granite to your house, and because his guy's an idiot, when he delivered it, he chipped it. And now <laughs> he has to order a new piece, custom cut. Not only did it cost the contractor $1,000 for a new top, but now he has to get a new top. <laughs> that puts it on a delay, right? It reminds me of uh, that Vanilla Ice show where he was, he was like, you know, remodeling those homes. And he had that one guy that worked for him. They had just put in that new piece of granite on a bar. And, the, and the one of the workers sat up on top of it. All of a sudden, it just collapsed. Right. So there you go. How about that? Worker mistake. Crazy. Whether it meant to what? Remember the time when I talked about... Uh, Demolitioning the, the the wrong bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting in a new bathroom for a homeowner. We do it. <laughs> do uh, contractors ever slip in like gotcha language, or like loopholes purposely to, so they can get away with certain things? Yes. Some use it legitimately. Some use it as a moneymaker. For example, there's clauses in some of the contracts that says we're not responsible for code violations on other portions of the house that are, don't involve uh, our our work. For example, new kitchen. You get duck. You got a kitchen. The code says in separate circuit for each appliance. It's normal. Well, what if your circuit panel in the basement, hundred amp, hundred fifty amp, is full? A new one is two, three grand to upgrade from a hundred to two hundred amp, right? Mm -hmm. So when I was raised, my dad used to tell me count the blank circuits in the in the panel, and then charge the homeowner if they need to upgrade it. Hey, Mrs. Jones, you're going to need to upgrade the panel. It's eighteen hundred dollars more. However, it's part of the price because we know our experience. Another contractor says, oh, you don't need that. Okay, well, Fairway says you need a new circuit panel. No, you don't. Well, now we pull a permit. Inspector comes in and says, oh, no, we have to upgrade this panel. Contractor says, oh, wait, Mrs. Jones, my clause in the contract says it's code upgrade. We have to upgrade the panel. That's 3500 more. Mm. Or you have to hardwire smoke detectors in the whole house. Well, each smoke detector is three hundred dollars. Well, we always say, okay, we're pulling a permit. You have to hardwire smoke detector. Oh, so they sort of built it in where they have to add it in. Yeah. So it's a built-in add-on. So they know they they're not they have to do it, but they don't say anything about it. Correct. They're just like, we'll redo the kitchen, and then when it's done, we'll bring the inspector in and say, look, look, we have to do more. Right. Or the inspector will say, oh, you need more electrical. Well, Mrs. Jones, I have to upgrade your panel downstairs. They pay the electrician a thousand. They're charging the homeowner three thousand. A smoke detector. $200 per smoke detector. And then they have to damage. Sometimes you have the ceiling. Now, Mrs. Jones, we have to damage the ceiling to get the wiring in. Uh, we have to charge you to paint the ceiling. 
You know what I'm saying? So now all of a sudden there's all these extras. <laughs> you know, just little things like that. Wow. Um, you know what, Mrs. Homeowner? We gutted your bathroom. You have galvanized pipe. Galvanized pipe doesn't last forever. Why don't we recopper? Why don't we repipe everything with copper or PEX? And that's, you know, my plumber wants to charge me $1,200. we are going to charge you $2,200. Homeowner's like, oh, well, well, you know, again, the four dirty words of home improvement, we might as well. Yeah. This is what, we might as well do it. Mm-hmm. So there are ways that contractors can go in and say, hey, Mrs. Jones, you know what? You might as well go with the high quality toilet now. Upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. Some um, contractors put in a clause in the contract. Um, and Paul, this is a good question. If you supply some of the material, you know, you go online, you buy a toilet that looks really cool online, but it's, you know, it's made in China and it's got plastic parts instead of brass. And next thing you know, you, he installs it. You supplied it. Contractor installs it. And, you know, a month later, you're flushing the toilet and it's like the water's running. You don't get it. Contractor says, yeah, it's a bad flush valve. Well, you installed it. You got to replace it. No, 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 no. My you contract calls for if homeowner supplies material, then there's a charge for us going to the material warehouse, us going get more parts, and you're going to pay for all that. Mrs. Jones, you want us to fix your toilet? No problem. My plumber charges two eighty to show up, and then six hundred for the part. Eight hundred. If we would have supplied it, I would have called my supplier and said, "Send me a damn new toilet," right? Or I would have got it, and it would have cost you absolutely nothing. Bupkis. Right. So that's another reason why. That's crazy. If someone would want to pick out something on their own. I mean, it just seems not smart. So they would. So you're saying some contractors would like upgrade the plumbing in like a certain part of the house and not do it for the rest of the house. And they would just be like, well, that's the only room I was. Yeah. You paid me to do a new bathroom. Why should I do the other bathrooms? And then you're not paying me for that. But if you are smart and I'm a contractor who's looking to make extra money, I say, Mrs. Jones, you're going to have great water pressure in this new bathroom. Let's do the rest while we're here. Instead of 6000 it's 3000 Meanwhile, the plumber's charging them 1500 mm-hmm. And it's ways, they look for ways to make extra money. So uh, Smart. Sometimes it's legit. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll show you about roofing. A new roof is great, but a, the best roof is the one that's installed properly, right? One of the most important components of a roof today is insulation. There's ventilation, intake exhaust, and insulation as part of a a good roofing system. Well, we're ripping your roof off. We can look in your attic and we can insulate the attic from the outside. Why not do it while we're here? Okay, makes perfect sense. So now adding R60 of insulation in your attic while they're doing a roof is super smart. Not only are you going to add to the length of your roof lifetime, but you're going to lower your energy costs in your house for sure because you're going to prevent the heat from leaving your house when it's insulated properly. Mm -hmm. Now, again, insulation, roofing, all that has to be installed properly, the reason why you need a good contractor. But that's how it is. So, again, to sue or not to sue, my advice is never sue. However, there's always that option, but get everything in writing. That's the, that's the, um, the real anecdote here is get everything in writing. And it, it's nothing wrong with you to ask a contractor and say, Mr. Contractor, listen, I'm not an expert. You're the one who does kitchens and baths, roofing, whatever you do all the time. So I've never done this. So please forgive me for asking these questions, but I need you to write this down in a way that makes me know that there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. An end is that I'm satisfied and I pay you. That's the end. And so a lot of times homeowners say, hey, Adam, can you give me some advice? And they email me. Um, can you read this contract? And I will. You know, I, I, I've limited my time, but I will. I'll do it for anyone. 
But the key is, is dealing with a pro. If you're dealing with a handyman out of the back of his truck, you're risking a huge amount. So again, asking the right questions to make sure that you don't sue. So yeah, don't go to like Biff's fix and <laughs> Right, fly by night builders. You know, F like Frank, B like boy, and like Nancy, FBN builders. I had someone say to me, hey, I'm a builder, it's FBN builders. I want to get leads. I'll send you money right away. I'll send you checks. And I'm like, FBN. I said, okay, great. I'd love to deal with you. He's like, I just want to send you the money right away. And I'm thinking to myself, no, I need your license, your insurance. He goes, well, can we meet? I'll get it from you. But can I, can I email you the money? Can I send it right. right away? I'm like, no. And I'm thinking to myself, FBN, you know. And then I figured it out. The guy was a scam trying to, see, <laughs> uh, trying to set us up. Fly by night. Oh. FBN builders. Right. Fly by night builders. And he was trying to set me up saying, oh, look at Hire It Done takes money. Right, right, right. I'm, you know, listen, I'm, anytime anyone <laughs> meant, tries, I'm always conspiratorial. So in conclusion, the bottom line is to sue or not to sue, always go for the way of not suing. But if you treat everything like it's going to be a lawsuit, everything in writing, keep documentation, keep your notes, keep your text messages, because you just never know. But my advice at the end of the day, after you get it all in writing is, to try not to sue, literally. To sue or not to sue, Hire It Done says, Contractor Therapy says, the homeowner from hell says, and the contractor from hell says, don't sue if you can afford not to. Okay, that's it for this episode. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Download us on your favorite podcast app or radio.com. Um, we got some great topics coming up. The four dirty words of home improvement. Why Google ruined the home improvement business. Craziest job site finds and sex toys and home improvement are all coming up. <laughs> so uh, don't forget to subscribe. We have some great topics. And of course, if you have advice or questions for me or want to get a hold of me, my email's adam at hireitdone.com. Thanks for tuning in.